heroes are returning to the day job, welcome to the Principality Welsh Rugby Union podcast. The WIU Disability Strategy is taking shape on the ground. Disability Rugby Coordinator Darren Carey. If you're 6 to 16 and you have any range of disability, you can come down and you can play a format of the game, enjoy your national sport, and your disability doesn't matter. Scholars coach Wayne Pivak on picking players who've committed to Wales through residency. Over time, people get accepted for what they do on and off the field in the jersey and what they represent, and I think obviously be part of life in Wales and really buy into it. Hooker Christian Dacey explains his thinking in signing a new contract. The desire to still play for Wales really, obviously, you know, I've got that desire to still play in national rugby and I'm only 29 at the moment, so you know, hopefully I've got a few more years left in the year. So he's staying in Wales with the Blues for another three years, more later. But we'll start with a pretty inspiring day at Llandarcy, where the Six Nations Disability Rugby Day, which has been going for a few years in Astrid Munich, is being extended throughout Wales. This was the Ospreys region event. WIU Performance Director Ryan Jones was there, along with School Hub Officer and Pontypridloch, Chris Dicamides. But we'll start with WIU Disability Rugby Coordinator Darren Kelly. How's this game? Just explain what, what it is, what's happening. and I think it's a bit of a first. So we've got the Welsh Rugby Union able to conduct uh, wheelchair rugby activities. So because of these fantastic rugby wheelchairs that we've been gifted we're able to not only just come to events like this and be able to give children in a region a taste for the game so we can then feed them into their local wheelchair rugby teams such as Osprey's youth team which is actually based out of Flandarcy but also we get to go into the communities and go out to schools and be able to run sessions you know so today we're running a bit of a ad hoc sort of 20 minute rotations to give these kids a bit of a taster so we've got two different activities over the far side is an intro to the game very very basic and just this is just a little bit of skill stuff a bit of movement and a bit of fun and of course disability strategy has been going what roughly 18 months now and yes, to see well, it growing like this growing into events like this must be pretty satisfying well it, it, you know it's um it's not very hard, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm not selling myself short, but there's such an appetite out in the world, in, in Wales, for it, that it gains its own momentum. So it wasn't very difficult for me to get the regions on board, such as the Ospreys and Scarlets and Blues and Dragons and everyone, because once they've seen one event or they've come along to one session, they're like, okay, we get this, this is pretty awesome, you know, and this is a gift for us to give. So it's a win-win situation because they get the ability then to train up coaches in this space experience something that they've never experienced before and develop because to become an all-round coach it's best to experience these sort of environments where it can be quite challenging so it's a win from that point of view it's a win for the participant because they finally got something that they've never had two years ago I was going into schools in this area and I had teachers saying when can you come back this is amazing when can we do more how can we do more what have we got now? Well, we've got the ability to say, well, we've got an established wheelchair rugby team. We can come and run wheelchair rugby sessions. We've got hub officers that can come in that are already trained up. We trained them up last year. If you want to go on a weekend and you live in a region, any one of our regions, then you can go to an inclusive community club. If you're 6 to 16 and you have any range of disability, you can come down and you can play a format of the game, enjoy your national sport, and your disability doesn't matter. I've always said that there's a jersey for all in us as coaches. It's our job to find the best fit. And this is a perfect example of it today. And the Astromatic event is a, is a great blueprint. Oh, it's amazing. But, but this is a big step up from a group of children on a, on a rugby pitch on a bit of grass. This is uh, something else again. Well, you, you know, 
that's where Astrid started off, um, you know, 14 years ago. Last week we had the Astrid event um, in the Dragons region and we had a massive uh, two, 320 children there. It was almost unmanageable with the amount of children, not from a coach's perspective, but from the amount of kids you had to get through, again, drinks and foods and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, again, it was important for me to invite somebody from every region down and fair play to the Ospreys and all the other regions even up in North Wales guys came down to have a look at what good looks like and then be able to put that into their region so again because of this venue is the way it's set up we're able to add on to it and, and you know and do wheelchair rugby as an addition with the rotation so the kids are experiencing indoor 3G outdoor 3G in a sports hall myriad of different activities but I can guarantee first off they'll all be tired by the end of the day <laughs> There'll be some happy teachers, but also there'll be smiles on faces for the whole day, because that's what it's all about. This is rugby in its purest form. You're used to seeing the smiles on faces, the enjoyment, the fun, but it used to be ad hoc. It used to be here and there on occasions, as you said, you went into a school. To see it becoming a strategy, becoming yeah. something that's going on everywhere, you know, with the hub offices involved and everything, that is the quantum leap, isn't well, it? Well, we worked really hard on, on getting a sustainable structure in place. So we have a rugby hub structure where you've got a mixed ability team in every region, you've got a wheelchair rugby team in every region, you've got inclusive community clubs in every region, we're running events for Wales Deaf in every region as well, plus our hub officers are actively engaging in every region. And then on top of that, you've got annual events like today, which you know sort of brings it all together. So there's a lot of activity from where there was very, very little. We've almost got a full hit on our hub structure. The last piece of the jigsaw for me now is the, the Cardiff Blues wheelchair rugby team. So that's why it's very important, as you can see, we're putting quite a lot of emphasis on wheelchair rugby so we can work in conjunction with GBWR Wales to help develop these teams, get them stronger. But then again, I've got these wheelchairs that I can take to the schools in the Cardiff region when we do go to launch a team in that area and we're able to generate players straight off, whereas beforehand we wouldn't have the ability to do that. Great. I'll let you get back to it. Oh, thank you. i got to go. Right, how are we getting on? Are you going to do it from down here? Yeah. Well, exactly. Well, that's that's lovely. Ryan, just <laughs> you're sitting in a wheelchair. Explain why and what's going on. We're at uh, Thandarsi today, down in the uh, the Ospreys region. At one of our Disability Six Nations events. There's been a series of events around Wales over the last few weeks, celebrating everything that's great about rugby, really. So we've you know, we've had over a thousand disabled children involved in rugby-based activities. So we're in Estremanek last week with over 300. There's over 200 children here today. And I'm sat in one of the wheelchairs that the um, Dare to Dream Trust has bought and donated to Disability Sport Wales and the Welsh Rugby Union to engage a whole new community of, of people into our, into our national sport, if you like, into, into rugby, which is fab. You know, they're chairs that can be used for a variety of um, sports and events, and we're using them for rugby today, and the kids are bashing into each other and, and, and having lots of fun, really. Describe the wheelchairs, because they're not like any wheelchair I've ever seen before. Yeah, no, look, work closely with the company in Bridgend to design a almost like a multi-sport chair that's robust enough to do sort of entry-level wheelchair rugby but can also be utilised for, for other sports and it was on the back of our disability strategy we launched with the Welsh Rugby Union it was a resource that we wanted to make available to Darren Crew and, and the team to go out and, and give them another strength of bow really to help engage the, uh, that disabled community. They're fast moving, they're agile, they're robust, you'll hear the banging in the background because Kids being kids, big or small, they love bashing into each other, they love making a noise and they love chasing each other. So, you know, it's, 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 it's superb, I love it. <laughs> now, you've been involved in that Astrid Monarch event for many years. It was a very, very successful blueprint. It's great to see it spreading around Wales. Yeah, so, you know, yeah, you're right. I was, I was at first one some 13, 14 years ago. We had 13 children on a patch of grass and 
you know, to see it go from strength to strength year on years has been something that was magic, really, you know. Um, to be able to replicate it throughout Wales uh, with our partnership with DSW and having put a significant amount of resource and focus on our disability strategy, it's just been, it's so rewarding, you know. And it, you talk about, rugby's about just coming together, camaraderie and fun and friendship and all that. And you see it in spades at events like this today. And, you know, just to be part of that is something we're fiercely proud of, I suppose, as a team, as a department, as a rugby family. You would never have imagined in that first one where your career would have gone, but <laughs> you certainly wouldn't have imagined that first one leading to all of this all around Wales. No, I, we never thought it would come to this. And it's almost emotional, really, because having seen it grow, see the impact it has, you know, because that's the best the best part of, uh, of rugby at times, to see the impact it has on people's lives. and. You know, here you're seeing hundreds of kids who are experienced not just rugby but activity for some first time, you know, and it was such good good fun. I you know, just encourage everyone to get out and see it and have a go, you know. It's it's great you we got boys and girls and all on a field of all sorts of abilities. It's, it's brilliant. And of course, I'm not surprised to see you here because you've been involved for so long, but technically it's no longer part of your job, is it? No, it's it's not. So um, six, eight weeks ago I you know I changed roles and with the Welsh Union and performance director, but um, this is not a day at work, mate. This is one of life's little prizes, you know, and I'm part of the trust that's funded these chairs. So I've got several touch points in this one, and again, it's something that personally I'm incredibly passionate about. So coming here is a real treat for me. Come performance director, delivered Grand Slam. It's quite an easy job, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely nothing to do with me, mate, so I won't take the credit, but uh, no, it, look, what, a, what a magnificent nine weeks it was, you know. The, the, testament of the boys I think the manner in which it was won the composure that they showed was just superb and we've got to be confident going into this sort of five six months World Cup lead up now that you know things are looking good the strength and depth I thought was superb but I thought there was a real maturity throughout significant about performance with you know on top of that that fitness composure I thought the boys were you know sort of really technically and tactically smart you know which was is really really pleasing Three Grand Slams as a captain and player, one as a performance director. <laughs> You're the first Welshman to have four Grand Slams. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, did t- I did tell Adam and Gethin that as well, so yeah, I'll, t- I'll take that, yeah. Ryan Jones referring to Adam Jones and Gethin Jenkins, of course, the two players in the professional era alongside Ryan to have played in three Grand Slams. Another familiar face at Landarcy is former Cardiff Blues lock Chris Dicomedis. I brought the, the school down here today, a colleague coming out of there went for the Six Nations Disability Rugby. Uh, the children have been uh, really looking forward to it since the letters went out a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, it's just great to finally get down here. And in terms of, of the school and being able to have this opportunity in this region, what does that mean for you and the day job? Yeah, it's massive. We set up a lunchtime club every Wednesday now where we play rugby every uh, Wednesday lunchtime, so it's inclusive for all pupils in the school, not just the able-bodied pupils. So yeah, it's massive. Um, come here today now and see that other schools are doing it as well. And the event in Astromatic has been going for a long time, it's a blueprint, it's a fabulous day to, to be at and watch. It's great to see it spread, to see that blueprint of it works going somewhere else. Yeah, definitely, you know, the more people we got playing rugby, the better. Massive, uh, we're on rugby at the moment, obviously we've been in Six Nations, kids have just had their picture taken with the trophies and everything, so yeah, obviously run really well down in the east and it's great now to see it uh, venture down west. We're in the hall where uh, the special wheelchairs, there. Going to be bashing into each other, they're going to be having a huge amount of fun by the looks of it. Yeah, I wouldn't mind having a go in it myself, actually, to be honest. So, yeah, it looks great fun, you know, to see things from uh, 
the other side as well. Obviously, we've got one girl here who's uh, a wheelchair user, but it's good for the rest of them just to have a go and see what it's like for it and day in, day out. So, plus, it's a real physical game as well, so I'm sure they'll enjoy it. Now we know you through Garda Blues and Pontypris. Just explain what the role is now and how different is it? Yeah, I've finished with the Blues two years ago. I was lucky enough then to get this job. And you know, my role in the school is obviously rugby, from year seven all up to senior, boys and girls. But aside from that as well, it's been mentoring as well. So I've been, you know, boys and girls who were struggling within school. You know, they come and speak to me and you know, just try and help them get through uh, the day, really. Great things, I guess, Sam, we get to go to the end of the sevens, there's a load of tournaments, all the festivals, plenty of stuff going on rugby-wise. So, yeah, it's brilliant and really enjoying the role. Before going to the Blues, you had a background in sports mentoring anyway, didn't you? So, in a way, there's a perfect continuity, is there? Yeah, I worked for MBCT, the Military Preparation College. So, yeah, it's just a natural progression, really, after rugby. You know, like I said, I was lucky enough to get this job and it's something you know, I really enjoy doing. You know, rugby's given me loads of pleasure throughout my life and uh, you know, it's great now to give something back to the pupils in our school and it's great to see pupils in the other schools around Bridgen. I'll see them a Bridgen boy as well so it's great to see you know, pupils all across Bridgen enjoying their rugby. We're hearing some really good stories for the hub officers in terms of the difference they're making. You know, what, what was the situation before and after? Well, within our school, rugby was sort of a, a by-product. It was a footballing school really but now... I'd say we're probably more rugby than we are football. Um, we're year seven, eight and nine rugby teams. Uh, good. We're the only school in of year eight and year nine team in the Welsh Cup. Five, six years ago, it never happened in our school. So it's not just me. You know, it's the clubs as well. Tom Deaver and Kethin, the Valley Ravens, they're our hub clubs and they're doing a fantastic job as well. But yeah, like I said, it's about promoting the world of rugby and getting these pupils active and getting them out the house, not stuck on Fortnite or whatever and just get them out playing a bit of rugby and enjoying themselves. Are you still playing? Yeah, just about, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, slept with Ponty. Contract runs out now at the end of the season, so I hope we sign another couple of years. So, uh, the old legs uh, hold up. But, yeah, feeling good, so another couple of years, hopefully. How Ponty find it? Another exciting run into the end of the season? Obviously, you've lost to Merthyr in the Cup, which is disappointing. If we win all league games, we'll win the title. Uh, I think it's going to go down to the last weekend. Uh, hopefully we can win them, but then we've got club chasing us from behind as well. You know, we've got, we just got to treat each game now like a cup final. It's cliche, but you know, if we want to win the league, we've been in these positions before, then we just got to win every game. Ponte, of course, been trailblazers for years. Merthyr the last couple of years. So Cardiff, Merthyr and Pontypri, they're all involved in it. That's never happened before like that. Yeah, no, it's, you know, it's great for the region. It shows the strength of... Uh, boys within the Cardiff Blues region you know, and hopefully these the youngsters get to go on and play for the Blues and that's got to be their aim we're there to um, help them along the way there's old heads you know we've got myself Matt Lockyer Shelley at uh, Ponty and Kay Sweeney you know Murthy you've got Chief at the helm and you've got Craig Locke and boys like that who are leading the way and obviously Cardiff got a few older heads as well and the coaches as well, they got Gethin and uh, TR and we've got Matthew Reese as well, you know, it's great to see the boys bring something back and hopefully, you know, the region just goes from strength to strength. Interesting end of the season ahead. Yeah, massively, yeah. You're listening to the Principality Welsh Rugby Union podcast. A really inspiring day and great to see such a good scheme being rolled out across Wales. But on to the regional game now, where the Scarlets and the Blues are the two Welsh regions with the best chances of prolonging their season into the playoff period. 
Let's start down west with the Scarlets, where Wales coach Wayne Pivak's preparing for Edinburgh. Really looking forward to this weekend and the, the challenge that Edinburgh will present. So still very much alive and that's the attitude of the group and uh, we know it's a, a must-win game, obviously. Then we've just got to wait and see what happens in the other results, but there's opportunities to come third and there's still an opportunity to come second. Johnny McNichols obviously signed a new deal, a big boost to the Scarlets and on wheels moving forward. Oh, look, he's a great player, we know that. you just got to look at the stats for the Scarlets over the last few years. He's probably top-of-the-line breaks, metres made, defenders beaten, those sorts of things. Yeah, he's a very fine player. And The good thing about Johnny is um, he still works very, very hard at his game to improve, and yeah, he's made the decision to stay, and we're all very happy about that. I think if you look at his performances uh, at the highest level that he's played at, which is European Cup and, and obviously here and, and in Super Rugby, he's done very, very well against players that play international level rugby so look I think he's going to be in consideration with the current group of players that, are, that have played well for Wales so far. At one point it looks as though the band system delays, a merger talk, everything, the likes of Johnny McNichol would probably leave. Is the fact everything's finished? Is there any hangover from that or is it now just you all the deals ready to go and they're going? Johnny McNichol's been pretty honest and upfront all the way through you know he was looking at the different options out there, a new family you know, where the rest of his family lives, the part of the world they're in. Uh, so he factored a lot of things in, and it was a joint decision with him and his wife as to where they wanted to live, equally as important as the rugby decision. So I'm pleased that they've taken the time and are 100% committed to the decision they've made, rather that than a forced decision and maybe the wrong decision earlier. So Johnny's been given all the time in the world, and, and we're very, very pleased. And when people are honest and upfront like that, it makes the job that much easier. I think you'll find all the clubs will say, the delays have hindered contracting because you've got to know what you've got to what you have to spend before you can go and spend it, I guess. But in the case of of Johnny, um, it was someone that the club always wanted to retain, and so um, he was high on that priority list to retain. Any player, you know, that thinks they might have the opportunity to play at, at the higher level, we're all competitors, and I'm sure that uh, he's no different. And that, you know, if that opportunity comes, I think he'd take it with both hands. Wayne, what's your views on your eligibility thing of international rugby? A former Wales captain said the other day that he was quite scared about Wales picking too many when he thought foreign players. What's your thoughts on your eligibility thing in Test rugby? Yeah, look, I understand it, and it, uh, it's an area that I'm about to jump back into. Didn't have that issue in Fiji, funnily enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> plenty of Fijians playing against us, but. Um, the rules of the game are what they are. Everyone's got a, a view on it, and um, I respect everyone's view. You know, it, it makes for great debate, doesn't it? But as far as I'm concerned, some of the players that are that are eligible coming from other countries, Hadley Parks being an example, I think those that were probably or may have been on the quiet a little bit against it, probably some of the people jumping up and down the stands when he scored a couple of tries in his first test. So over time, people get accepted for what they do on and off the field in the jersey and what they represent, and I think... Um, for me, it's the person's got to live in the country, they've got to live it and breathe it and obviously be part of life in Wales and really buy into it. The Wales Grand Slammers had a bit of a break after the Six Nations, so how does it feel now for Scarlet Centre, Hadley Parks? You've got to pinch yourself a little bit. You know, games like that or, or, or tournaments like that, I, I guess no one really picked us after that, probably their first game, but we just grew and grew through that tournament. We had a lot of internal belief. We felt pretty comfortable, especially in that last game. You know, a massive defensive display. Great start with George tackling their player out on the wing and then Chicken putting in a great, or Gareth Anscombe putting in a great chip kick. And, you know, I think we just built on that and I think it was about the 45th minute was when I um, looked up at the clock. We got the penalty just after half time. I was like, I, I just don't see us losing this game. And 
and so there's just great confidence in there. There's you know it's a great an awesome team environment at the moment that it, you know all the players and management are getting on really well and very enjoyable. After all the celebrations and what you achieved, what happened the following week with the Scarlets of the Blues? Yeah, it's, I was in at training. I, I didn't get into the changing room before or after the game, so I don't know what was said in there, but. Look, watching it, you, you've got to give credit sometimes to the Blues as well. You know, they played really well in their first half. They, they scored some good tries, but it was good to see us fight back in the second half and get, you know, three tries and, you know, could have ended up getting a bonus point there towards the end as well. But um, sometimes that happens. Unfortunately, it's happened a little bit more frequently for us this year than previous couple of years. But hopefully, uh, you know, it's, it's another chance this weekend to go up against a good Edinburgh side and um, hopefully put in a good performance that our fans at home can be proud of and, and we can be proud of as a group. Sometimes it's nice to have you back up against the wall and have a bit of pressure on. Diamonds are built under pressure as well, so hopefully uh, we'll be able to put in a couple of performances now or coming this weekend, put in a good performance against a good Edinburgh side that are going extremely well this year. Made European quarter-final. You know, unfortunate that they had a very close game there but came out the wrong side. But uh, you know, it's exciting to go up against them and I guess we kind of owe them one as well for um, the loss that we had up there a couple of months ago. Whoever wins this between us two, I think will probably be in that quarterfinal. So it's, it's a key game for both teams and hopefully it's an exciting game for both teams as well. How exciting is it to be involved in that playoffs? Obviously four teams playing for just, just two spots. Yeah, it is. I think and Treviso's added a whole new dimension this year and it's great to see them playing well as well. So it's good for Italian rugby. It's alive and there's a bit of pressure on, but you've got to embrace that pressure and look forward to it and um, hopefully we'll come out the right side of the leisure. The Blues are on the back of that win over the Scarlets, of course, and face a tough trip to Munster this weekend. Here's coach John Mulverhill. I think if we win two out of the next three, we'll probably make it. If we win three, we'll definitely get there. So instead of taking all the calculations out of it, we just need to go and win every game. And, and that's what we're sort of focused on now. You're hoping that Munster win over Edinburgh might have taken a fair bit out of them before this game? I, I just know it probably will take a little bit out of them. But, you know, they've got a really deep squad there at home. They need to win their game so that they finish on top and get a home final. So all those things are in the back of their mind and it's not we don't have to worry about two competitions, we just have to worry about ourselves and one. So uh, that's probably narrowed our focus a little bit. A few injuries from that Scarlet's match. How are you looking uh, health-wise in your squad? Yeah, I think, I think we're, we're pretty good. Obviously, um, Josh Navidi, unfortunately, he dislocated his elbow, but that was a bit of friendly fire there as well. So... He's had surgery and he's, he'll be right to go for come World Cup camps and things like that. He'll be out for um, two or three months, but he can still run and do everything else. So he'll be refreshed, which will be really good for him coming into those camps. Since that last game as well, a fair bit of coming and going at the region as well with Halame Moss and Josh Adams announcing uh, their signings. Yep. A huge boost for you. Yeah, oh, brilliant. You know, It just shows our intent that we want to play an open, fast game. So... It's up to us to put the other building blocks around there in our tight five going forward to make sure that we have a supply of possession from set-piece. And just in terms of transfers as well, obviously Gareth Anscombe's future has been a, a, a big talking point. Um, can you bring us the latest with him? To be fair to him, I feel a bit sorry for Gareth at the moment because you know, his name's been tattered around all over the place and that's not from him. That's been leaked from somewhere and definitely not the case from here. He He's happy to go through the process. He wants to play test rugby. He doesn't want to leave, so... They're just working through the finer points, I suppose, and hopefully we'll have an outcome sooner than later, and that'll be great for Gareth and it'll also be good for ourselves. In having conversations with him, it's not just about the World Cup. 
you know, he's played 25 or 26 test matches and there's no reason why he he wants to go and play 50 test matches. So he's invested in what he's done. I think the Union and the Cardiff Blues have invested a lot of time in him as well. So um, we hope to get a good outcome soon and uh, then he can just focus on what's in front of him and preparing for the rest of our season and then you know, really looking forward to a strong World Cup in, in Welsh colours. There are a lot of look delays over this whole process and then a logjam of loads of signings recently. Has anyone lost out apart from arguably Gareth Anscombe but the rest of them, were they just waiting and now it's sorted, it's, it's happening? Or I think even though there's a bit of uncertainty of what the budgets were going to be, each region would have had a bit of a contingency plan on which players they want to keep and which players they want to release and we're no different to that. So I think all the clubs were just waiting to the point where you could you know, push the button and go. The only thing that has probably stemmed a little bit is about overseas recruitment because there was a, wasn't a lot of clarity about where we could head there. So yeah, I think we're all in the same boat. I think most of the clubs, I know there was a little bit in the press, but I think everyone's handled it pretty well. It's not ideal that we went through this, but... If the process is refined going forward, I think it's going to be better for Welsh rugby. And um, there's a starting point and eventually, you know, there will be that reset button and we might have to wait another six months or 12 months for that to work. But I'm sure that those talks have been in place for the, over the last couple of months will continue on and there'll be a resolution and I think we'll be better for it. Hooker and captain Christian Dacey is one of the many players to have signed regional contracts in the last few weeks. He's wary of the Munster Challenge. You know, hopefully they'll, they'll have some big dogs out and you know, we'll have a decent side so hopefully we can go there and, and it'll be a good battle really. Yeah, John mentioned the importance of the pitch, how you sometimes think of matches in Munster and you think of driving rain and kicking battles, we'll be on a synthetic pitch again, that might suit you and your, your open style? Yeah, obviously we've got you know, the artificial pitch back home and once we can unleash our backs they, they can be very dangerous so you know, it's going to be a very interesting game, very fast, it's going to suit us forwards but uh, you know, we'll get, get out there and Hopefully, bring the right energy and, and the right desire really to get that W. You've just signed. What have the last two, three months been like waiting, really? <sighs> to be honest, it's been very difficult. I've obviously got a young family and, and a wife, and there were offers elsewhere. And at times, you question yourself whether you hang around or whether you do take them offers. But sanity prevailed in the end, I suppose, and they've decided to, to keep it as it is and, and hopefully now players can, can settle down and you know, once they've signed their contracts they can settle in a bit, really. In that period were you uncertainty on one side versus certainty the other, yeah. what, what was it that, that well, it's it? Yeah, it's a desire to still play for Wales, really. Obviously, you know, I've got that desire to still play international rugby and I'm only 29 at the moment, so you know, hopefully I've got a few more years left of me yet. But, it was, just, you know, we've settled here as a family and we love where we are. My son's just started school, so, you know, it's a big decision really to up and leave. But it was getting close and I know there's a lot of frustration around what happened and, and hopefully it, we won't see it again in the future. I had a few long conversations with John, really, and I suppose talking me down off the cliff, I suppose. But, you know, I'm happy to be here now for the next three years and, and hopefully we can, as a club, start achieving things. And as captain, as part of your role to talk other people off the cliff. Well, that's it, yeah. Obviously, you know, it wouldn't have been great, really, me jumping and uh, going elsewhere but it's been great to the last couple of months and, and having that captaincy role and, and something I've really grown to really and started enjoying so it wouldn't have been right really for me to leave at this point. Do you still have hopes of uh, making the World Cup? I think Ryan will lie yourself for a season so I suppose it's a chance to, to impress isn't it? Yeah it is but you know it's, I just got to concentrate on myself really it's something I've done for the last this season um, 
like I said, struggled last year with a lot of injuries and, and getting on the field. So now it's just a case of when I'm on the pitches, enjoying what I'm doing. And you know, I've done that and hopefully I can express this through my game and see what the Welsh coaches think really come the summer. As well as looking after your future, have you had quite a lot of players coming to you for, for advice and what's been quite a difficult Yeah, period? they have to be honest. There's been a lot of players coming to me asking what's going on and unfortunately I haven't had the answers for them and, and I suppose that's my job then to go and speak to John and see really what's going on. But you know, we've had that good communication really through those channels so you know, hopefully I've done my part for the players really and you know, try and be the go-between and um, you know, hopefully everything will be sorted now in the next couple of weeks so boys know that they're going to be here now and it's just, I suppose, finalising things. Yeah. Does it feel like things are clearing up a bit? In yeah, respect? it does, yeah, in that respect. I know a lot of the boys have been offered contracts, so, you know, like I said, it's just finalising where they want to be and how long they want to be here, really. So that's it for this week. Next week, we'll start looking to the Under Armour Summer Series of World Cup Women Games. But until then, from the Principality, Welsh Rugby Union Podcast, goodbye.